my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello and welcome to our episode today of the Beach Commute Podcast. This is Marissa here. I'm here joined by Jeff and Diego today. You get all three of us. Jeff and I are actually in the same place in Bucharest, Romania right now. I happen to be sitting in the bathroom because Jeff and I are in the, we're in the same apartment with good, so we can get some good Wi-Fi, but it sounds really weird and echoey if we're like actually in the same room. So we're very close, but very far. And uh, Diego, where are you? And feel free to chime in on this situation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the, you know, listeners can't exactly see what's going on, but it's beautiful. (laughs) So there's the three of us on video here so we can see each other as we're talking to each other. And and we all have our rooms except for Marissa. She's just got the backdrop of a bathroom. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. I wish you guys could see that. So wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm over. In... She can't even play it off either. Like if somebody were watching this video, you actually see the toilet dispenser up yeah. to your upper right. Yeah. Like there's no playing it off. That is 100 on the bathroom about. floor. The things I do for you, Jeff. Jeff is in my apartment. I'm in the bathroom floor. I almost killed. <laughs> we have the creepiest elevator I've ever been in. My whole. I, I brought Jeff down an alleyway up the creepiest elevator to my apartment and. That might be the was, end of his life. Your entranceway is awful. <laughs> it is awful. Welcome to I thought I was going to get murdered in that elevator. Special place. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ours isn't. Our place isn't like that. <laughs> Jesus. The Wi-Fi is great. On? The place is good. And uh, anyway, we're here today to talk about electronics. So. <laughs> Not my apartment. <laughs> oh, the fun of travel. We love it. I'll sneak in some more jabs. Don't worry. I'll you go for it. But it's fun. This is the first time I've seen Jeff in a long time this week. So um, it's fun to be together, even though I'm sitting on the bathroom floor. So, you know. <laughs> I feel terrible. It is what it is. Sure you do. Um, any, anyhow, we're talking about electronics today. Oh. So a big part of traveling. If you're traveling as a digital nomad, working while you're on the road you got to have the electronics that's what's made this so much easier than it was all these years ago so the boys here are more of the electronics experts than I am I kind of collected stuff based on other people's recommendations but I'm going to interview them today and keep them in check to make sure you understand what they're talking about if they get too technical but we're going to kick it off they've got a great list together so I I think a great topic since Jeff is here using my internet let's start with some tools you guys, <laughs> I'm taking jabs at you too, Jeff. Uh, we're going to kick it off with that. Diego, I'm going to let you start. What are some must-have electronics, things you need to have good internet while you're living as a digital nomad? Ooh, oh, this is exciting. <laughs> I think this is going to be one of my favorites. Um, yeah, so let's, yeah, I, I love that we're starting with internet. That's obviously the the most important thing. Um, so the first thing that I'd think of there, if you're if you're traveling solo, you're going to want to have some kind of a backup for for internet no matter what happens right and that starts with you want to be able to land and instantly have internet um, as well as if you're at an airbnb for example um, or anywhere at a cafe and internet goes out or it's just super if you can't really work you want to be able to hop straight onto something so that you can just keep on going right so for that we i will i kind of want to talk about two different versions there there's well there's three different versions really i can touch on um there's google fi there's something called um it's well the 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 type of device is something that basically gives you internet all around the world. 
And then the third option is just a um, call it a, a MiFi device, right? It's the device where you would uh, you would put a SIM card into, and then you get into it. So let me describe each of those, and then um, let you know which one I would sort of recommend and prefer. Um, let's start with Google Fi. Google Fi is a it's just a SIM card that uh, yeah done by Google that you can put into your phone, and it also works for phones that aren't um, by Google. So that's a recent update they've done. And this SIM card gives you internet access around the world at a cost of $10 per gigabyte, which is pretty reasonable. And it does also give you a you know semi-unlimited package where if you end up using a lot of data, it ends up becoming cheaper per, per gigabyte, right? The good part about Google Fi is that you get to keep your phone number as in you, you, you know, make that set up once and then that becomes your phone number. So you get to keep your phone number as you go around the world. Um, you get to have internet as soon as you land. It's always in your phone. And what you'd have to do then is use your phone as your hotspot for your laptop, if you're then going to be doing work, so you just need to make sure that your phone um, is, you know, has a functioning hotspot and feature. And a slight on it. caveat to that, Diego. So I use Google Fi on my phone, and it is fantastic because when I land in a new country, I think it works in over a hundred countries. So not absolutely everywhere, but most of the times, like when I land on the plane, I turn my phone on and it works. But tethering to your computer, to your device, actually only works in some countries. So like it worked really well when I was in Guatemala. It works in the U.S., but when I was in Costa Rica, I think Mexico, it doesn't work. I wasn't using it there. Bulgaria, where I just was, and Romania, where I am now, it just like doesn't tether to your computer, which is interesting. I think this is a more recent change that they've kind of noticed. So some, it's technically like you're supposed to use it in the U.S. where you get it. So just something to be mindful of. Sometimes it works as a great backup. Either way, you can use your phone to work and do calls and whatever, which is great, but it doesn't always uh, supply your computer as a tethering device. That's per- that's really good to know, actually, because I've I've been I've had a little bit more sort of positive experiences in, in most places. So it's great to know that there are many countries where it doesn't work that well. Um, and that's a the, the the backup for that then is that you need to get yourself a local SIM card. Yeah. Uh, put that into your phone instead, but then you need to make sure that your phone is unlocked, yes. right? That it that you can use it with other uh, SIM card providers that you haven't just bought it with, say, one provider, and that's it, right? So that's your backup for that. So you'd still be doing the same thing, setting up a hotspot on your phone, tethering to your your laptop, or or vice versa, um, and then and then working from that. But of course, um, yeah, it's it's annoying if if you can't land right away and you've got it working. So that's that's uh, actually thanks for that, Marcia. That really helps out. That's one one thing to take into consideration. I still think it's incredibly useful, for and sure. I have to reply as well. For me, it's like the default backup that I have that I always have in place, and I always use it. And then I think, do I want something else? Do I need to set something else up if anything doesn't work? Right. So the second one I wanted to talk about there is the um, that's the, the the you know there's globally there's different brands of these basically but it's a type of device that gives you internet access around the world as well and it usually works with an eSIM um, so you don't need to, a physical SIM for that and the device itself might look like a phone be about as big as a phone but it has no features other than just creating Wi-Fi for you right wherever you are but it works on that same basis of um, of the SIM card, where it's you know connecting to mobile cell towers and then providing you with with an internet connection based on those cell towers. Now those devices they optimize for giving you internet around the world, so they're going to be a little bit more reliable, or they're going to be more reliable for sure than um, Google Fi is even for that. So you can expect that you're going to have internet in more places that you go to. Price point usually is quite similar. You're looking at like ten dollars per gigabyte, sometimes a little bit less depending on what packages you buy. Um, but in short, the idea is, yeah, you you land instantly. You've got you've got data. You've pre- purchased it online, and that's set up. 
The third type of device that you have is just a, uh, I, I just call them MiFi devices, right? Like like my personal Wi-Fi, <laughs> pocket, my, pocket Wi-Fi or something like that. They're very similar to this, um, this, global, uh, this global internet device that you have, but they don't have the eSIM that gives you global internet. So all they are is basically a device that you have to put a SIM card into, right? So you'd have to go to a local internet provider, a local you know, telephone company and say, hey, can you give me a SIM card with as much data as you've got, see what the price is, and then put that into that device. And that device will then create um, a Wi-Fi network for you off of that SIM card, right? Obviously, bear in mind that you're going to need a certain amount of data. I would say that you want to really kind of try to aim at at least five gigabytes because you're going to use that pretty quickly. Um, I reckon that for a month, people can use anywhere between, you know, 15 to 30 gigabytes of data, often more, depending on what you use it for, videos and all that kind of stuff, right? So now looking at those three devices that you have there and asking yourself which makes the most sense, again, I would always go for a Google Fi anyway as a, as a fantastic backup. Um, and then as a, per, as a solo travel, you're probably better off going for the second one that I was talking about because it usually gives you the option to do both. You can have, and that really depends on the brand. We'll, we'll um, provide more information in the, in the show notes about the specific brands that we'd recommend to go for so that you can have these features. But basically, um, if you're getting the right one, the device will allow you to have this eSIM where you pay online and get, get data around the world. And it'll also give you the option to put in a local SIM card which um, then means that you can decide when you're using the maybe more expensive global internet that they're providing or when you're going for a local SIM card and maybe saving costs significantly on that, right? So that's in terms of getting internet set up and having internet backups. The other one I'll talk about, because maybe this is something that you guys don't usually travel around with, but I have actually met people solo traveling around with these things as well, is routers, right? Um, Sometimes what you come across when you go into an Airbnb is um, that the internet could be okay, but the router is really, really crappy. And sometimes it is literally, it can be as, as ridiculous as the cable that's connecting the router to the, to the entry point is not good enough. It can be something as, as crappy as that. And if you have a category six or category seven ethernet cable, so if you type that in Amazon, you'll find that, um, that, that is the kind of cable that you need so that it can deliver high speed internet nowadays. Um, doesn't need to be super long, one or two meters in feet. That's like 10, 15 feet, something <laughs> like that. Um, sorry, my European showing. And then you want to get yourself a router that is, again, a small router will do nothing nothing too big, but one that you can trust that has good quality. We can also add um, our recommendations in the in the show notes. Really depends on how much space you have to travel with. But I've now met several people who do their solo travels with a router because it's so incredibly important for them to have that. Of course, at Wi-Fi Tribe, we do carry around a, a whole bunch of routers because we set up the houses and, and set up these mesh networks wherever we go. Yeah, I've seen you guys for, for the, all the Wi-Fi Tribe hosts when you're setting up the house. I see you guys like pack up at the end of the month. And I'm like, you guys look like you're setting up some weird electronic. I don't, I don't know what. I know often you guys say you get stopped in the airports because it looks like you're like smuggling in all sorts of things based on the number of things. But I've, I've never heard of anyone traveling with a router. That's a whole new level. Mm, same. But yeah, yeah. Them. I mean, more and more, I think people are getting. But if you do that again, don't don't take a huge router. There's no need for that. And more often than not, you will be fine without a router. I'd be quite surprised if uh, if that's going to be the biggest issue for you. Yeah, if you're trying to pack carry on, this is probably not going to be your priority. If you're just getting started, but you know, this is this is uh, all the tips of of uh, our lives here. So if you're really into it, go for it. Um, anything else with this before I'm going to ping it to Jeff to decide what he wants to to bring on next. 
that's everything on the internet front. All right, Jeff, you're you might not want to ask me coming <laughs> coming from the guy that's mooching off internet right now. It might not be the best. Actually, um, maybe one thing on the cell phone front. <clears throat> if you have T-Mobile, you're pretty well set up. Like you can do international data. I, I do international data plans. So like you get automatically for free pretty much wherever you land. I don't think I've run into a country yet where you don't get it. Just 2G, 2G data where you can send and receive text messages. But then you can pay 50 bucks a month for, I think, 15 gigs um, of data. And it gives you tethering, like calling, internet, all that kind of stuff. High speed, all 4G, LTE. So that works out pretty good too. However, the problem is that like, if you start using it and abusing it too much, I think the same thing with Google Fi, they'll send you angry text messages saying you need to come back because you can't use more than 50% of your data while roaming internationally, which is odd to me because that's exactly what you paid for. Like, like you're going to go home midway through, (laughs) download 80 podcasts, then come back out. I don't, I don't know how that works, but like they, they will eventually, and I know some people kick you off the plan, but it's a good, like couple months at a time type of thing. Yeah. And you get you get fast internet. I feel I have a couple of friends who've used it for like a year, year and a half, two years, and then they seem to get like kicked off like, all right, you've been abroad too long. But yeah, again, if you're just getting yeah. started and have T Mobile already, it could be a good option just to like get going on the road. So it's it's really helpful. Yeah. Just last thing on that, like when you land at an airport, especially if you're doing this for the first time, the last thing you want to do is have like a dead phone or a phone that can't connect to the internet and all of a sudden like I can't get an Uber. I can't pull up Google yeah. Maps and I don't know how to navigate in this new strange city where they don't even speak my language. Yeah. Right. So having internet right at the get go, at least on your phone is super important when you hit the ground. Yeah. So I would like, the only thing that I would say is just look into it a day or two before and figure out how am I going to get internet when I land? How am I going to have backup plans yeah. when I get to wherever I'm going to be, Airbnb, hotel, whatever? Yeah. And you get more comfortable as you go. But like you said, if when you're just getting started, you want to feel comfortable, have the backup and a backup of a backup and get a local sim when you're there. But Diego, you actually mentioned something interesting, like kind of breezed by it about unlocking your phone. So I know you have to do this for iPhones. I don't know if it's the same for every phone, but I know when I first um, started my trip abroad, I thought I could, like, I thought it was unlocked or I could just do it when I was there, but I had just gotten into like some new plan where I had to like pay $300 to unlock it and I had to go home to do it. So maybe this was midway through. I think it got a new plan or something. I don't remember, but Either way, make sure you have an unlocked phone while you're still in your home country before you leave. And then once you're there, that allows you to then, when it's unlocked, you can put in other SIM cards besides like the carrier that you have in your home country. So even if you don't understand what that means just yet, if you're just getting started, just like research it before you go, make sure it's unlocked. So let's move on from internet. Jeff, I'm going to throw it to you to decide what you want to cover next. What's what's another piece of technology or must-have thing that you travel with? I think must-have thing number one for me would be an external battery charger. Okay. Um, and reason being is that you're, you have no guarantee of power when you're traveling. And when you're traveling, you may be on the road for an extended period of time. And you may not have a way to charge your phone. And again, like what I talked about before, you don't want to end up in a strange place without any ability to call a cab or navigate your way back, right? So I've always traveled around with an external battery charger. Um, And the one that I usually like to get, I'm holding it up now, the audience can't see it, but it actually has an outlet. 
So like you can actually plug it into an outlet. So it has the two prongs and you can just plug it directly in the wall. So you don't, yeah. So you don't need to, Mm -hmm. you don't need to fiddle around with like a whole bunch of extension core or like um, different types of like charging cables and that kind of thing. Cause you can easily lose those things. So I always recommend that you get something that you can plug directly into the wall, no matter where you're at. And then ideally the one that I've got here actually has all the cables in it that I need. So I can extend out like the lightning bolt or the USB-C directly out of the device. And I don't have to buy like a whole bunch of adapters and a whole bunch of different cables, which I'm most likely going to lose at some point. Um, and I can charge everything. Like I can, I can charge my phone in a pinch. I can charge my headphones in a pinch. Um, I could even, some of the larger ones, you can actually charge a laptop to some degree, to like a workable degree. Um, I have a huge one at home that's like two pounds, which I actually don't travel with anymore, but that'll actually charge a laptop two times. And I see Diego grabbing something. You got one there too? Yeah, I was about to ask you. Yeah, because I was like, I got it. I got it. I Look, I, I got this one here. It's not small. massive. I would say this is like a, this is like a, maybe like a medium size iPad or something like that, you know, a like, smaller, even. look, yeah. my hands, it looks yeah, like a large not, iPhone, like a really big iPhone, like a, the biggest <laughs> iPhone. I mean, yeah, I'll look like a, I'll look like my grandma on, on the phone if I'm, I'm using the thing. Yeah, maybe a small um, iPad, I don't know. <laughs> a small iPad, somewhere in the middle. Well, anyway, guys, I think you have a feel for it now. Um, yeah, it's, so this is a, uh, a battery. It's not too heavy either. It's one that you can, um, you can charge your laptop with. And that is, for me, that's a, it's an absolute winner because it's happened so often that I'm at a cafe, um, there's no sockets or that power goes out and um, I need to obviously keep working on my laptop and I wasn't always charging it. Um, so this this has saved me a number of times or if I'm in the, in the airplane or in the airport or something like that. Um, so if you're up for it to carry a little bit of extra weight, get your, I would recommend getting yourself the smallest one of the big ones, <laughs> basically. Um, the smallest one of the ones that actually charge your your laptop as at least one of the types of batteries that you have. And then, um, as Jeff was saying, you're going to want one that's more portable, that's more like, you know, day-to-day use um, that you then also have. I also have two different ones. I have one that fits in my pocket and this and this kind of slightly bigger one, but not so chunky. Yeah, and a good rule yeah. of thumb is that, like, the heavier the thing is, the more charges you're going to get. So the one that I have is... A little bit smaller than my phone lengthwise, but maybe double the width. And that'll charge my phone maybe about three times or so. And it weighs, I don't know, maybe about as much as a baseball or something, softball. So it's not its not much, but you can get really, really big ones. And they start getting like very bulky and you could charge your phone eight to 10 times. So it's kind of a preference of like how much crap do you want to put in your pocket, <laughs> really? How much do you want to put in your laptop case? In my case, that's about as big as I want yeah. to go. And I even have a little smaller one. So I carry one of those kind of like Jeff has. It's about the size of my iPhone that has like three charges. It's great if you're on long flights, travel days, cars, buses, all the things. You don't want your phone to die. But I have like a little small one that's like probably the size of my thumb that just like plugs into the bottom of my phone that I always have in my purse. I have like two of those that I carry around. So if I'm just like walking on the street or wherever, out at night, I can put it in my purse so I don't, you know, end up where I can't get an Uber home if I don't need or know where I am. And as an example, I wish I'd had this. Um, the other day before I met Jeff at, at a cafe to work, I went for, so we're, we're in Romania, I went for a really long walk. It was probably like an hour away from my apartment. And I decided to do one of my coaching calls, like from the park. I was like, it's so beautiful. And it drained my battery. My phone died. 
an hour to get home uh, to do my next call. I was about a 45 minute walk and I did not have my, my battery charger and I got, I don't know how I got home. I was like, I literally don't know what street I live on. I don't speak this language. No yeah. one speaks English. I had just, I like found my way to a phone store where I like use their Wi-Fi. But anyway, it's good in a pinch. And with those, I also, on the way from um, Bulgaria to here, to Romania, it was supposed to be like a six hour drive. It turned into a 14 hour drive at the border took really long time. And so I was very thankful to have that there too. So always good to have, you'd never know what situations you will be in. Um, so those are great for chargers. Um, I'm going to switch it back to Diego. What's next on your list? Oh, do you have anything else, Jeff? Like, Last thing on that, like cost wise, in case you're worried about that, these small ones that Marissa and I are talking about, what, 50 bucks maybe? Yeah. And even the even smaller like ones that. might be like even $20. Smaller. They're definitely much cheaper than they used to be and, and so worth it. Like I carry two around. One of mine so, just stopped so working one day, so I had a second one. Like these are the things. It's like I, we don't travel with much. You know, I travel with a carry on and a backpack, but it is worth it to have these types of things for sure. Yeah. And that's maybe something that we can drop in the, in the notes as well, just so we can let people, okay, look, we've tried and tested these. Cause honestly, I remember buying these oh, so many times and I'm like, well, this one's too big or this one doesn't charge my lap or, you know, yep. it just doesn't work out the way that we want yeah. it to. So after having done this for ages, we can, we can probably yeah. help out a little bit and there we'll as do, well. Um, if anybody wants to check afterwards, we'll um, put like a little download for you guys to, if you want a list of all of these things, and the brands that we recommend, go to beachcommute.com slash electronics. And we will have this resource for you. So again, like Diego said, there'll be all the things. Cause I've also had like different chargers or things that like seem great. And then they work for like two weeks and then don't. So there's definitely tried and trusted ones that for now, I always am like, if a friend has one that, you know, works for them, I will get that one. So check it out. We'll provide all of that, all the links for you guys. All right, Diego, what is next? Yeah, I think maybe a logical next one is to to think about kind of the, the chargers for the laptop as well. Um, so in that on that front, I've kind of got, you know, obviously you're going to have your charger with you, but if you can extend the cable at all, if you've got sort of one of those versions that makes it a little bit longer, that's really useful because you never know how far you are going to be from the from the next charging point. If you're at, um, yeah. at a cafe, for example, working from, from the airport or anything like that, that's pretty useful to just have a think about. Then... Um, Totally up to you. I don't know how important this is for people, but um, if your if your charger goes bust and you you're you know you use a charger that's not so common, there's not many people around you that have that. That can be incredibly annoying. And if you don't know if you can buy it in the location that you're going to be at, you might want to think about that. Potentially have a second one of those um, along with you. As I'm always traveling with a group of people, it's you know easy to be like, hey, can I borrow your charger if that happens? Um, but yeah, it's it, honestly, that can be a, a big drain. So if you're worried about that at all, that's something to potentially um, consider yeah. when it comes to that. Good one. And it, it depends too where you're traveling to. Like some places you go, if you're in a major city or you know you're going to be in a city or a place that has electronic stores, you don't need as much. But if you know you're going to be on the move a lot or you might be in the middle of a small or rural town, like it's really hard to find the stuff sometimes. So like you said, if you're not traveling with other people, it is great to have backups because the last thing you want to do is like not have a laptop charger where you can't work and have no way to access it. And then of course, also the, the multi adapter, right? The, the plug adapter, try to get one of those cubes that does a bunch of different countries. Usually once you've found a good one, it'll cover you for most, most places. And then you don't have to worry about it every time you land having to buy another adapter. Yeah. And so for That's those, um, well, we can link to ones. I have one that I love if you guys do too, but it's called like a universal charger. And basically 
Um, it used to be you had to get like a different adapter that went for every different kind of continent or place you went to. And now it's just, yeah, it's like one little cube. It's kind of like the size of your fist, I would say, maybe a little smaller. Mine has like, a, you can put every different plug in it and it has every different outlet that can go into a wall. And mine has like four USB chargers so I can charge all my devices from it. It's really awesome. All right, Diego, what else is next on your list? Now maybe just kind of going into the the office setup, huh? Um, I don't know how you guys sort of set up your your workstation, but I, I like to. And <laughs> actually, right now I'm slouching, so let me straighten up first as I as I talk about this. But I'm using uh, something called the uh, something. Oh, the brand name is is funky, but it's basically one of those stands that lifts up your laptop and lets you just be able to sit there in a in better posture. I think that's a, a tiny investment that you can make if you're you know working on your laptop, whether you're traveling or not it's a no brainer, right? It's so, so important from a health perspective to do that. You're going to need um, an external keyboard and a trackpad or a mouse, depending on what you prefer. Are you going to need, you're going to need those? Yeah. I don't know. Well, if, I if you have to stands, otherwise. Argue, argue the point. Tell me why. Okay. How do, how do you use yours? I, an external. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I actually don't like the laptop stand. Because you don't have a keyboard. I, I, no, I'm on the other side of the fence. <laughs> I'm just. Well, even if I did, the angle for me just doesn't work. I don't like it. I don't like it up here. Do you have neck I don't problems? Like... <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> well, those are so that. I mean, obviously, it is also a, problems, a matter of problems. <laughs> Everything problems. Everything it's also problems. a matter of preferences, of course. Um, but the point with these these stands is, if they lift your laptop up so that the screen of your laptop is just at a you know better position for your eyes then if you then don't have the, the external keyboard and the external um, trackpad or mouse, then you would have to like type up here, right? And that'll feel really uncomfortable. So it's either or. Either you, you, go, you go all in and, and get the stand and the external stuff, or if you don't like that, that kind of setup, as, as uh, Jeff, um, Jeff over here suggests, then, uh, then obviously you don't even need to worry about that. It is a little bit heavy, so it's, um, it is something extra to carry around. And that's probably the one downside of having all of that stuff. Um, but it packs up reasonably reasonably flat. Yeah. Right? I would how about you guys? add to that to, to argue for it, Jeff. I, I will say it's very, not like you could absolutely work without it, but it makes it so much better to have um, that little stand. I would say like 60% of nomads who I travel with have it and have like the exact same brand. So we'll link to it. But it's just like a little pop-up thing that no matter what table you're on, like, you know, some tables you get to and they're like really awkwardly high or really low or the chair is low or high with it. So this just makes your computer sit up so it's at eye level and you're not hurting your neck and looking down. And then to Diego's point, if you do use that, you then really need an external keyboard and a mouse. And I just really like working with a mouse regardless. It's helpful for me. But um, again, you're going to be able to survive without these things, but they're they're pretty small. Again, I travel with the carry-on and a backpack and I fit the stand, the external keyboard, the mouse. I have like a little mouse, uh, what do you call this? I can't think, like a little keyboard pad, a mouse pad, what are they called? Um, that's like, the trackpad, track, yeah. yeah, it's like super thin. Oh, the mouse pad. Yeah, mm-hmm. pad that goes like underneath the mouse. So you can use it wherever. Mm. And I bring it to cafes. I bring it everywhere I go. So I'm a, I guess, yeah. So we're two thirds for it. So do with that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of, a lot of people love it. It's going to come down to personal preference. Yeah. Like some of the people that I meet, you're going to see the whole range of office setups yeah. ranging from, feet up on a balcony with a laptop <laughs> just like on your pool. knees some oh yeah you see people working knees. from bed and that's like they 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 love that and then you've got other people that have the full-blown 
like posture and they've got the they've got the laptop stand and then everything perfect. Yeah. It really kind of depends on how you like to work. And to your point, I think it is about two thirds do like yeah. the laptop stand kind of set up, almost setting it up like they actually have an office, yeah. like you would be working in in a cubicle yeah. type of set situation. So and it looks weird when you're at a cafe, right? And everybody's got the the full on yeah. office set up there. You're like, what is going on here? But we that's just do. the world that yeah. we're yeah, and I love a good that. work from bed too. Don't get me wrong. Like I will do the couch, the bed, the line. Like I love all those things. There's a time and a place for both. And some people, I feel like we haven't talked about, I don't think any of us travel with like a second monitor, but a lot of people who do like design work or like super analytical coding, a lot of those people really love to travel with a second monitor or they use their iPad as a second monitor to set those up and connect them and have a little stand for that. So you can get as fancy as you want traveling. And there's all sorts of, I always see different threads for the Wi-Fi Tribe Slack channel of like, which second monitor? This one's the best. This one looks the color. And I'm like, I don't yeah. think I, I don't need that. But, you know, it depends on your job. And, and people definitely travel with that um, in a very compact way. Yeah, I see that one also about half and half. That's that's actually a pretty good topic because there are a lot of different options for doing that. Some people, yeah, they'll use like a, an iPad. Some people use like a full-blown, like large style monitor. And then there's also another one. We'll send it out in the show notes, but there's another style that actually clips onto the back of your monitor on your laptop and it slides out the side. So it's almost like integrated with yeah. your with your laptop. Um, some people use that one too. Like a, a job like mine, it's, perfect like it is ideal to be able to do two monitors so you can like report on one screen type on the other screen and you've got both things going on but you don't so travel with you, the second monitor right jeff i i don't just because i haven't bitten the bullet and gotten yeah. the one that i'm going to send out in the show notes which is a little bit pricey yeah and that's why i asked that just because for someone listening i think it can be really overwhelming when you first get started and you're like trying to figure out what do i need what do i pack what do i have to buy like you don't have to have every single one of these things to start. Like I would recommend the chargers and, you know, some of those basic things for survival when you're, you know, around with your phone and all of that, you know, maybe an extra computer charger, but the other things we're talking about, these are kind of like the nice to have, so it'll make your life easier, but not a must have. So on that, Jeff, anything else on your list that comes next? For office? In, this, or in general? You might not agree. You might not agree with me, <laughs> right, but we know in, in terms of, in terms <laughs> <laughs> no offense, David. In in terms of must-haves, I would strongly consider bringing a backup laptop, just like a cheap backup laptop. If you've ever been on a beach and a gr- one grain of sand gets in your keyboard and you've got a MacBook, what are you gonna? You're gonna fly to the nearest city and get that thing entirely replaced. Or if somebody just spills a latte on it, you're done. You've got no you've got no option. Like you have to go especially if you're somewhere very remote, you have to fly to a major city, get your laptop repaired and then fly back. That's a horrible situation. So the way around that and it's extra weight is really the only thing you can get like a Chromebook or an iPad. I've seen people use iPads as backups in an emergency situation where that actually happened. So they got locked out of the computer and they had to use an iPad or else they'd have to literally fly home to Florida from Santa Teresa, Costa Rica um, so having that backup iPad actually got them through a huge freaking pinch. So there's that option. There's also, you can get just a cheap Chromebook for 250, 300 bucks. It's not going to blow you away, but you're going to be able to get your job done. Um, so I would first consider where you're going, right? So can you get a laptop replaced or fixed where you're going? If not, 
strongly consider some cheap backup. That is an interesting one, Jeff, because I it is controversial. I wish that I had that. I feel like I'm like on a wing and a prayer. Like, please, laptop, just last. Be good. That's what I, want. I know. Not yeah. good one now. Like, I feel like when I go home next, I should get it. I don't have it. Just a lot of people don't because things like that can be, you know, it's an expense and, and things like that. For me, it's more sure. of like uh, my my laptop is like the heaviest thing. I feel like it's just one more thing to have but like you said it, it's yeah. good until it's not and you wish you had it and even i in my um little charging when i have to put my charger into my my um mac i have grains of sand in it that have been in there since i was in mexico like a year and a half ago and it's i had to get like tweezers to like pull sand out because it's like magnet it gets stuck in there and i still it, it works yep. but I, I can hear it like it doesn't quite click and sit right because there's i love the beach too much but I'll, I'll give you this one. I, w- I don't have it. I don't think most people do have a second laptop, but I wish I did. And it would be smart too. Where's your stance on this, yeah. Diego? Actually quite interesting. So I'm currently not traveling with an extra laptop, but I used to for quite a while um, because of exactly that. It happened, right? My laptop suddenly stopped working and I was in a situation where I, I could have got one, but it would have been almost twice as expensive as getting it in the U.S., and so it would have just made more sense to just have this backup laptop. Ultimately, somebody was coming onto the chapter that we were running at the time, and I asked them to bring a laptop with, with them. That person then, yeah, handed it over to me. And here's the, the biggest argument, Jeff, for having uh, an extra laptop from my perspective. I put both of those laptops in my backpack. I went to a cafe with them, and I was planning to that day transfer files from one to the other so I could set up the new backpack. And as I had the laptop uh, in, in the two laptops in my backpack next to me, and I was just talking to, to friends at a, at a cafe, we checked the video later. It turns out that somebody was trying to steal them. And so they did that thing with their foot where they were like trying to pull the, you know, the straps <laughs> of the backpack to try to get it towards them. And the reason that they couldn't steal it was because it was too heavy because there were two laptops in the backpack. It was like obviously <laughs> there's sliding there's across the floor. You, you hear them grunting and groaning under the <laughs> under the pressure. No, if they if they would have got it though, that would have been a winner. Two two laptops That's in one. Funny. But yeah, no, they didn't. I have and another so, little. So this is an electronic tip, but just a little travel safety hack. Whenever I do, I don't always do this. But when I feel like I'm in a place where that could potentially happen, where someone might take my purse or a backpack instead of just playing on the floor, I'll like loop that um, like the the strap of it under my chair and like sit to like if someone tries to pull it you can't so i feel like girls have to pay attention more that with purses always kind of loop it around but that's actually really funny Diego. but you don't travel with it anymore not anymore no at this point i've just i don't know why i think i'm (laughs) in places now where it's easier to get one yeah yeah i'm now watching my back more often so or i've just put like some extra weights i just feel like you're flirting with disaster when you don't have one yeah it's like yes just pray nothing goes wrong make sure that grain of sand doesn't get in there it's funny i feel like this is one of you guys know me and like my universal signs but right before i started my like full-on nomad journey mike i had my computer for a lot of years and it worked fine but it was like getting slower and i was like should i get a new one should i not i just don't know i didn't want to be like in the middle of Asia and have it break down like you guys are talking about. And I was on a flight to New York. It was like a week before I you know, left for good. And on that flight, I spilled an entire water bottle just like in my bag. It wasn't shut right oh. on my laptop. 
and it had all of my files were like totally recoverable, but it just did not work. And I was like, this is, and I was like, this is a sign from the universe. I got a brand new laptop. I went on and same one I got now, <laughs> but um, yeah, like again, I spilled my whole water bottle myself on a plane in my bag. So you just never, you never know what will happen. So anyway, we've got just um, maybe like a couple minutes left wrapping up here. Any other must haves from either of you before we close out this episode? Yeah, so when it comes to productivity, I definitely always recommend getting one of these, you know, bigger noise canceling, the over-ear headphones. Yeah. Um, they are, oh, they're magic. Like, they, they do a number of things. Obviously, first of all, they cancel noise and play beautiful music, which can just put <laughs> you in the zone. I listen to, like, Chill Step and Thunderstorm at the same time. <laughs> Thunderstorm rain sounds. That's that's what gets me to, to work. Oh, um, I thought it was like an artist, an actual just, sound. Thunder, you're listening to thunderstorm, Thunderstorms. Yeah, no, it's literally just rain. <laughs> and Diego's for those you yeah, can't yeah, see Diego's holding up those like over the ear. They look like DJ headphones that I was on. Oh, the, Diego, one thing you told me when I first started traveling, especially if you're around a group of people, it's like more of like more of anything. It's a sign of like, don't talk to me. I'm working. And I wished I've had it in several times, but I, I have them at home and I was on the cusp of bringing them, but they take up so much space. I haven't, they do take space, I haven't yeah. justified them yet, but um, I know you love those. As a side note, Diego is the master of productivity. If you've got a productivity playlist, you're going to have to send that out. You send out your chill step productivity oh, playlist. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we can add one in. Definitely, because I know you've got one. <laughs> I do, I do actually, yeah. Somebody else actually set it up. They're like, oh, I love this music. And I put it together. So we can do that for sure. Um, yeah, and then as we're on the note of, of headphones, the other one to think about, so this is obviously the really chunky one. It does, so it does those two things. It A, signals to people that you're working, which is really helpful. B, it cancels noise, <laughs> plays beautiful music. C, it actually, for me, it's a little bit of like a, um, it's an anchor, right? It's a productivity anchor. As soon as you put it on, you wear it, you turn on the noise canceling, you, you play your music, um, your mind is being programmed to be productive, right? So that every time that I now put it on, I, I automatically have a little boost to that. And I think for people like us who are traveling all the time, moving about and everything's changing, when we can anchor ourselves to something, you know, something that brings us back to something that we're used to, it'll probably make it easier. This is more than anything, just a gut feeling. Um, something that'll make it easier for us to get right into the zone, right? It's the same as as you would do with habits in the morning where you sort of have a certain routine that then gets your day going. Mm. Um, I feel like the same thing applies. So the other one I would say is um, if you're taking calls, I actually don't like these over ear headphones. They're not that good um, because they don't pick up the the voice that well. Um, for that, honestly, I've tried so many of them, including the, the two different types of um, AirPods and a bunch of other cabled ones. In the end, the best ones I've tried so far have been the Apple EarPods, the original ones with the cable, right? They're, I don't know how or what they're doing, but they are incredible at picking up your, your normal voice and just picking it up sort of where it is. So even if you're in a cafe, much better quality sound. You can combine that with an app called um, Crisp. We'll, we'll drop that in the show notes as well. Um, and that basically is an AI app that you put onto your, that you download onto your computer. And it, um, it cancels out the noise that's happening around you. So even if you're in a busy cafe, people really, they wouldn't even hear that at all. It's, it's incredible what they're able to do there. Um, yeah, that's kind of on that front. Um, other quick ones that I have here are, an external drive, if that's something that you you want to have so that you're backing up your files, I really do recommend it. And something I found recently along those lines as well is a, is a, a micro SD card. I've got one, I think, now that has something like 500 gigabytes on it. And we're talking micro SD. Like that is a little bit bigger than a SIM card. Um, and if you get one or two of those, you can store 
all of your photos on there. You don't have to worry about that. It's, that's really, really impressive that they've managed to compact it down to that size. A bit more expensive, but it's worth it because you're traveling all the time. You want to kind of free up some of that space. Amazing. The only other things I have is just several pairs of headphones. So um, in case like those Apple ones or whatever it is, I carry like two that go into my computer, two that go into my phone. I have Apple like earpods that I, or earbuds that I walk with. Um, so just bring several, if you lose them, you break them, anything of that. And the other thing is just, I have, I have like all cables that I have. I have like a little, um, I don't know what you call it, like compartment that like I love for electronics. It just stores everything. So a cable that fits my Kindle, my phone, my uh, microphone, my earbud. It's like, you just never know what you're going to need to charge or fit into like some weird thing. So I just bring a bunch of those little cords that fold up and fit everything. Um, any other last things for you, Jeff, before we hop off? I guess the last thing would be something to carry all this stuff in. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty particular about buying a really nice laptop case. So you're going to be wearing it all the time. And if it's uncomfortable, if it's not like, if you can't organize your stuff the way you want it, it's going to be kind of a nightmare. So I've actually got one that's kind of double. It gives you the opportunity to like, it has the strap that you can wear as like a normal laptop case, but also you can fold out like a backpack straps and I wear it as a backpack and it has lots of compartments. So you mentioned like electronics and all that kind of stuff. Like I've got little electronics compartments in it. Um, it's got room for a laptop with padding in it. Um, it's fairly water resistant, which is pretty important too. Um, so I don't know that the laptop case thing is, is kind of personal because the way it looks is usually really important to people. Um, like how you like to organize your stuff. But the one I have is really good because I can carry like, all the stuff that we're talking about here today, I can carry it all in one laptop case and it doubles as a backpack, which just makes it super easy to carry around. So we will link to all of these things. So again, if you want the list, the brands, the links, all the things, go to beachcommute.com slash electronics. You will get our personal favorite um, brand styles, all the things to choose from. So you don't have to look over the internet at like 20 different articles. And other than that, uh, thanks for joining us here. If you have any questions, you can always reach us at hello at beachcommute.com. And um, yeah, I guess goodbye from Romania. Diego's in Italy still, we didn't even mention. And we'll see you next week. Bye. See you later, everybody. Bye.